guys. We are back for Feud Episode 2, The Other Woman. Mm. The team is back, and we're excited to bring you all the scoop from this episode. But before we start, we're going to head to Ashley Daniels on the red carpet for her interview with Miss Susan Sarandon. If you could say one thing to Betty Davis tonight, what would you say to her? Wow, good question. That Believe it or not, that's the first time anyone asked me that. Um, maybe I would just... Uh, I would just ask her... You know, if she if she was happy with her life, and I think she would probably say yes, as painful as it was, because she, there's a quote in her book, one of her books, where she says, um, "If I feel something, then I, I'll I'll go after it, even if I there's a chance I might get hurt, because there's no point in protecting going through life and protecting yourself." I'm, paraphrasing slightly and I really admired that about her so she probably would say it was cool but I'd probably start with that although she might criticize my performance I don't know you're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion After Buzz TV and now let the buzz begin Welcome back, guys. Feud, Betty versus Joan, episode two, entitled The Other Woman, although I feel like it should be called Manipulation. We're going to get into all of that. I am Maria Menounos, and I'm joined by my feud friends. Justin Sylvester at The Lady Center. Fern Rone at Fern Rone. Kevin Adegaro at The Tomorrow Show. Guys... I love this show so much. And by the way, great question by Ashley Daniels on the red carpet from Susan Sarandon, or to Susan Sarandon, and I think I would ask her the same thing. Was it all worth it? Because when you see this episode, you hear them both kind of debating their lives in a sense, but really, Betty, like, what what was my life about? I have no one. I'm alone. I'm unhappy. It's uh, it's a real question to ask, right? To be or not to be. That is the question. I loved her answer. But her answer was that she would do it despite all the pain. And you described her as being evolved earlier. And that's the definition of, of evolving your soul is going through it no matter how much it hurts as long as you learn something. So that was a good answer. That's yeah. really interesting. I didn't want to know if it was all worth it. I know. Well, I always question that, right? Because what, you're always thinking the grass is greener, right? Mm-hmm. When you see someone who has a full life, they're married, they have children, they have, you know, the white picket fence, and you're like, man, I'm working so hard. I'm grinding. I'm <laughs> suffering. It's so hard. And if you're one of these women, and you're alone, and your kids hate you, and all this stuff, you're like, why did I care about the work so much? Yeah. It is a real true question, but I think we all have that question in life because we all, we're all not going to have everything. No. Right? So so you do wonder, but it's uh, it was a fascinating episode, and I think it was really cool because we took a deeper dive into the history of their feud. Because in the last episode, I wasn't quite sure, because it's not like I'm well-researched on their feud and when it started, but this episode really shows you how their feud started. Who wants yeah. to take it away? And, and Well, I did mention in the last episode, it started with the boy, doesn't it always, Fancho Tone? But it it was always simmering there, and it was always the actress versus the movie star. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was a time when they're just both on the same level, and they, you know... Yeah, Sadly, it begins with a boy, level. and then it continues with a yes, boy. It does. Yeah, with Jack <laughs> Warner mm-hmm. and Aldrich. Yeah, the director. Mm-hmm. They're going it, back and forth. Yeah, but in the forties, if you remember, oh, Jack right. Warner used Joan to yes. get under Betty's skin by yes. offering a contract at Warner Brothers when she left MGM, and then right. her career got hot. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Betty's kind of sizzled, and mm-hmm. Betty never had any respect for her. She called her the mannequin of MGM. Here comes the mannequin of MGM, yes. and now she comes to Warner's and takes a role that she won an Oscar for that Betty Davis turned down yeah, and then complains that she wasn't offered it. No, it's crazy. It's insane. It always is with a man. But if you look into this actual episode, you see that Hedda kind of gets in between them and gets involved in it too. So... Now you have a woman kind of whooping up stirring all the, the pot stirring too. The pot. Mm-hmm. It's like Real Housewives all over again. Yeah, but that's <laughs> why I'm saying like this should have been called manipulation. I'm not mm-hmm. criticizing their choice and title. Obviously, I'm I'm being facetious. But at the same time, this episode was all about the manipulation behind the scenes, the stirring of the pot from men and women alike. Because it is the age old story. Like we've watched this happen. I've lived through it in different different ways. Where you know you come in and the stars insecure and they start putting you in longer skirts and mm-hmm. they 
Mm. their makeup artist makes you up to look a little uglier and they make mistakes on you. You're like, wait, I have eyeliner on one eye and not on the other. Why? Wow. And God forbid you say anything. Then they, they beat you into submission. Spill that tea, Maria. Yes. <laughs> I am Man, you're making me realize I got a book in me. Well, the Kathy, like, honey. well Kathy Bates playing um, Joan Bondell do you know when Zeta Jones playing Olivia de Havilland goes and today it's changed with feminism I feel you know she's trying to be positive mm-hmm. I feel like Jane Fonda would support whoever it was um, and and when uh, Joan responds he goes really no he's like we would kill each <laughs> we kill each other and what you say after we're done picking the bones mm-hmm. we'll yeah, clean yeah. our teeth yeah. or something you know but well it's human nature you know when you feel like you're in competition with somebody it's eat or be eaten that's what we were always taught even as kids playing you know peewee football and sports and everything and I bet it must be harder for you know when women get involved because for gay men it's tough we're tough on each other. We fight. We're in competition. And working with women, women are tough on each other. They're a little bit tougher than, than normal. Well, I think I the find. toughest. The toughest on each other. Well, we've been, what people have told me is that, I'm sorry, there's not as many slots for the women. So they have to be extra, whereas a guy goes, yeah, you know what, there's a little bit more opportunities. But there's definitely something about the scorn of a woman. Yeah. You know, when, and, and I feel like, who was it, Jack Nicholson? He even had the quote. He said, the minute women figure out that all they have to do is stick together, he goes, we all have to, guys, pack our bags. It's over. They'll rule the world. He's yeah. like, thank God they yeah. don't. See, it makes me so ill because there were so many scenes in this, whether it was Jack, Warner, and the director having that sit down where it's like, tear them apart, make them hate each other. Oh, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and, and Hedda is playing to, to um, his insecurities. Like, all this stuff was going on, and it was making me so sick because... I I don't play those games and I'm not equipped to play them at all. Yeah. And I've never viewed anyone really as my competition. So I'm I've been so secure in who I am and what I am that I, to me I want to play with everybody. I want to yeah. have fun with everybody and and everyone <laughs> has unfortunately launched their attacks well, at me and I'm like, <laughs> "Why? I'm still that little girl that comes home to my mom and like, "Why are they being mean to me, mom?" And she's like, "Maria, they're jealous." And I'm like, "But why?" That literally that story has played out my entire Life. The, and the hard thing is, you guys, is to stay the course and to remain pure. And that's why they say, like, if you've gone through a lot of traumas in your life and you've come out of it pure, yeah. not wanting to torture other people back, mm-hmm. not bitter, not, you are something very special. And we see that both of these guys, women, are gravely affected by this kind of torture that they've been put through. you know, yeah. bo- And it manifests yeah. in different ways with both of them. Well, yeah, yeah you see Hedda playing to, uh, to oh God, I can re- never remember Bob Alfred Molina's Bob's insecurity about as a director. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this other director wouldn't do this. And, you know, you know he John couldn't, Ford. He, yeah, he couldn't make another picture. This is like his big chance, too. Yeah. And she plays to his insecurity and he bites and, and he gives me, the feud. And let me say this about Robert Aldridge as a director. So just so you know, like, nothing's off, you know, these were two very talented women, and I happen to think Davis was more talented than than Crawford. But, but, um, but as a director, Robert Aldridge goes on and does Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which is not a fabulous film that you'll see. But then he goes and does The Dirty Dozen, yeah, okay, which is such a big film that they make a remake of last year with Denzel, giant war film, huge and mainstream. And then he goes on to make The Longest Yard, the 1974 oh, wow. version, which yeah. is one of the probably greatest sports movies of all time doesn't get talked about enough and, and definitely one of the top two so that and Deliverance are probably the only things Burt Reynolds would want to be remembered for like that's how great yeah. of a film it was and um, the fact that he could also be reduced it's funny Longest Yard story the last scene of Longest Yard the the, fo- the prisoners who have a football team are playing the guards who have a football team and the prisoners have got to score a touchdown to win the game and he literally as a director said play football he didn't say, okay, you're going to step to the left and let Burt Reynolds run in. No. Play football. Oh, wow. And what happened was the guards, the guard team was made up of former professional football players. So Burt Reynolds and them kept trying to score, and Aldrich like, was notorious. He just said, again, again, yeah. again. So this is when he's older. like He's become like such a sadist. Oh, wow. They're killing each other. And finally, you'll see the scene, Burt literally climbs over somebody's body which is completely illegal in football but yeah. Aldridge didn't know that 
So he's like, all right, you scored. There's another <laughs> act. There's, there's also another. Now, Maria, Ed Lauder, who worked with us, yeah. remember Ed Lauder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Longest Yard, so he told me Robert Aldrich stories. Yeah. There was an uh, there was an, an, a veteran actor, I believe his name was Michael Conrad, who was, who was in the film. He plays um, an old prisoner who, at one time, was a professional football player. And um, once it, so Aldrich does his last take with this actor and he he leans over to his AD his first AD his assistant and says uh, are we done with Michael Conrad we've got everything we don't need any more close ups nope nope, yeah. nope he's like we're done okay are you sure yes great can I get the crew all together actors everybody <laughs> and he basically is like I want you to know that Michael Conrad is the biggest piece of crap blah 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 oh blah blah God. you should never work with him if you're working for I mean ju- ju- like laid into him oh yeah like and Diaz had Lauder who was probably 30 in his 30s at the time and Burt Reynolds they looked at each other like <gasps> yeah but this is how that whole line Hitchcock actors are just sheep yeah or cattle you know, so yeah. now imagine a woman who has very few roles, who is at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. like, can you just imagine the torture? So, so Alrich, even though we're seeing a conflicted and human side to him, we know historically at least what he'll go on to be. He's unbelievable, one of the best directors you've never heard of. Yeah, but at the same time, he's got it in him too to be yeah. a sadist, to turn the screwdriver. The crazy thing is, none of them had anything to be insecure about. But they were all this, and insecure, so, right? which is what caused the And so the is the irony. Oh, for sure. You know what this reminds me of? And I might get in trouble, but I love this, like, juicy tea. <laughs> you remember so when... We, when um, remember when um, Desperate Housewives started? Uh-huh. And they had yes. all, like... You know, even Lagora was At doing... the Vanity Fair shoot? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, for all you who, do, who don't know, you know... Desperate Housewives came about. Nicola Sheridan was on her last leg. Eva Longoria hadn't made it big yet. Felicity Hoffman was kind of sort of in the mix, but not really. And what's her name? Edie. Who was, who was no, the brunette? Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher was also on her last leg. And all these women came together, and it became a huge success. And then Nicola Sheridan and Mark Cherry had this huge oh, falling out. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge falling out because her insecurities, her ego got the best mm-hmm. of her. She wanted to be in the middle. She wanted to be in this one. And then at the Vanity Fair shoot, mm-hmm. shit hit the fan. And they were reporting about it. And, mm-hmm. and didn't he didn't he either strike her or something? Allegedly. Right? Allegedly. Well, I know it was proved like everybody I heard that from what I heard, so my tea is that he did. But ABC and everybody backed him because he was the male with power. So this is why here. Yeah, you are hitting up These are all such who knows situations. But you know what I'm hearing is feud season five, Desperate Housewives. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Serious? No, for sure. No, hundred percent. I'm saying it it should be. It's got what? No, no. The toothpaste just went out of the tube. No, one hundred percent. I'm telling you, that's a series. No, it because was you're crazy. right, you are hitting on something. It was crazy. Nicola Sheridan thought she was Nicole Kidman at that point because she had had the biggest show on ABC, but she didn't know how to be in an ensemble. And these women were pitting each other. The men were pitting this, these women against each other. That Vanity Fair photo shoot should have never happened. They should have went in there by themselves mm-hmm. and then stitched into place. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me so much is that these men have gotten together and they've you know torn these women apart and it bothers me that they go on to have success because I hate when bad people go on and have success because you were literally so selfish in that moment and so insecure that you decided to build your success off of tearing them apart and that really bothers me that's exactly what Bob did I feel when he spoke to Hedda I felt like I'm glad they explained his motivation that he was so desperate that he was so um, but that's when your two character in, shows. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He needed the money. He, yeah, and it, he's okay, in your darkest and most desperate just, moment. And can I give note to management? Because I, I, what, what management? They don't know how to manage. I'm that's say, the problem. Well, but here's the note. Because I know, cynical, <laughs> but I know cynical people will say, "Well, these actors and they're all divas. They're all children anyway. So you have to treat them like shit before they treat you like shit. And then the talent thinks, well, we have to attack before we get attacked.' You know, really, you." Everyone gets sat down, and you have what you call a sit down, and you're supposed to sit everybody down. Go like listen, in the mob. We're here to make a great yeah. movie. <laughs> Who's here not to make a great movie? Maria, you announced that on one of our sets. Who here? Raise your hand. Who is here for any other reason other than not to make a great movie? Because that's what that's what I, why I'm here. That's yeah. why I, you know, and you get everyone again and say, guys, big picture. 
we let's win together or part friends. There's not gonna the the win is going to be sh- so short-term for anything else. And maybe you will be the one who wins the Game of Thrones and you've ruined everybody. And we've seen a lot of beasts in our business. And they stand on their big throne with their hands on their hips. But at the end of the day, every single one of them that I've ever seen has died tragically. Yeah, Ooh. It's always a tragic end for the people who win that way. Yeah, Rather than Olivia de Havilland who wasn't like that, and so she's sipping wine in France. <laughs> yeah. you know. And so you, you really it's about the, you, the director... At some point, someone needed to stand up to somebody and go, look at Jack. You know you got Jack on the hook. He, he was already loved it. He was yeah. obsessed. He, he didn't have to do this. He loved yeah. it, and he needed a hit, too. So you go, you know what? With all due respect... You do it. You need to tr- No, you need to trust me as a director. I'm going to deliver you a great product. All that other stuff, it's all going to work itself out, but it's not worth destroying two other human beings. Who are already down and out. Right. When you think about There's it, no they're alone, it. and they're insecure... And they're at the end of their careers, and not to mention their legends. Yeah. How dare you? No, that's crazy. How but, dare but you? But you can see in the movie theater, when the screening room, when he and Jack Warner are watching the um, oh. are watching oh. the sides for the day, and um, he's like, you have to pit them against each other. There's a part of him that just melts. Yeah. Because he knows he has to do it for his career, but something mm-hmm. in him feels bad. He mm-hmm. feels And yes. he feels so guilty. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what that does to his character. Well, Throughout the series, that, well, you'll see the la- we saw the last scene. Not to get ahead, you see the last scene, which was so powerful, which we'll talk about later when he's sitting in bed with his wife. Like you just in good, good storytelling, show don't tell, great director, patient, long, yeah. kept the, just a one master shot was there for. It felt like ten minutes. Oh, it was for just sure. him oh. sitting there. Oh, it's five in the morning, time to get up, and he's just sitting there, mm-hmm. and that wife opens her eyes but doesn't turn around, and you're like. Oh my! Now he's alone too. No, exactly. he's alone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, guys, and as we said earlier, all unnecessary. All they unnecessary. were making great work. Yeah. So, so here was the interesting thing that I saw, is of many things. So when they're watching that footage, he, Jack, also did he not say something like "make it more campy, make them more ridiculous"? No, like, I don't remember he that. He was he was saying to. He was saying something to that effect. Go back and watch. No, the he scene. said like I, make them hate each other. Right, more. and I yes, thought he absolutely. said the ranker was coming. But up he was like, no, I, he's like he basically kind of dissed their acting. But he's like, what I see is the hatred, and what what you see with with Betty is she's such a great actor. She's like, wait, where's the line where I'm going into camp? She, you know, no, I think she was no. She was concerned that her performance was solely based on her real true competition with Joan at that point, and that she was going too far. Not that she was being campy. She was like, "How much of this is like I'm I'm losing myself in this whole situation?" Well, I think, but I think that that hatred of Joan could poison the acting to make it yes. campy. And yes. there were yes, people, yes, you're right. And you're there right. were people that were, so you guys know, there are, listen, you brought Mommy Dearest. I love Mommy Dearest, number one. Number two, I thought her performance was amazing in that Faye Dunaway. I'm about to say, don't come for Mommy Dearest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't come for but Mommy Jason, Dearest. You know, but you know, Jason, that there's a faction Justin. out there that say, Justin, I'm sorry, that say that that's the worst film ever made. Ooh, it won, a, it won Razzies. No! Yes. Don't come for Mommy Dearest. I, I'm so glad you say that because I agree with you, but go look it up. Like the, It's it's panned. Uh, Faye Dunaway barely will talk about it. She thinks it ruined her career. She thinks she thought she was way too over the top. The only there reason we actresses. know Faye Dunaway is because of Mommy Dearest. Thank well, you. Okay, I agree. But As, so I don't, I don't I mean that like, but, but, also, but that's what we know her for most. But there's also a faction that believes Betty Davis was way too over the top in this character. Well, and now we know her for okay. telling La La Land they won. So, <laughs> right. The biggest Oscar blunder ever. Poor Faye. But, Poor but, Warren Beatty. But, and you see, it just, there's a whole other story in that, but that role destroyed Faye. And Faye lived out the same... Fate. A fate that these people Listen, are living out. It was such a great movie. They won. We know that Betty and Joan lost something in the end, but they won because they got praise for their mm-hmm. roles. I think the biggest loser in this situation is going to be Bob. I Bob, think I, really, I think Bob. Like he went on to be successful. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Personally, like personally, yeah. I series think he's wise, lose the most. series wise, yes. Career wise, pretty similar. Meaning, success career wise, but probably. Not in real life, yeah. And emotionally and, and scarred emotionally. Yeah. I um, loved so let's go back to like the beginning of the episode for a minute because I loved how 
Joan and Betty had kind of this unsteady alliance. And what ended up happening is enemies need a new enemy. And so they were enemies. And when, then all of a sudden they found a common enemy in Aldridge. And they teamed up against him. Can you back up, Maria? Because I think we're all leaving out something important. Was the Can we talk about the casting of the girl next door? Oh, yeah. And Maria yeah. called it. It's like a beautiful girl comes in. And I say to myself, God damn. The, one of the things that stuck out to me in Baby Jane was that the neighbor's daughter was a not attractive to me and B, I'm not a very good actress. I'm like, wow, this is miscasting. Ryan, you've been on the money about everything. And Maria immediately <laughs> just wise enough to say, um, she'll be gone in a moment, honey. <laughs> Don't worry. What did you say? And if you look it up, B.D. Merrill is who plays, Spoiler the, alert. Girl, is goes, who plays the girl next it, door. Which, well, I didn't realize. So that was a, Betty's daughter mm-hmm. that played which, the girl next door in Whatever Happened it, to Baby Jane? Let's save it because I'll we'll confirm, probably yes. see that. Uh, at least we know historically. But Well, well to you make knew, her you make knew, nice with her, she probably well, had she, to. That's spoiler. Don't get ahead. Stick with this now. Like, you knew immediately, Maria. Yeah. This girl was up. Yeah, why? Because I've watched it happen. (laughs) I've watched it happen. God forbid you are pretty and you have light, you must die. (laughs) Story of my life. I'm sorry. I hate to be like that. Maria, save it for your morning show when you spill the tea. I'm serious, though, Justin. It's awful. But I want to speak to the latter part of what you just said. The light. Yeah. It's, It's not just the pretty... It's the light. We've seen people with the smile and the bright sunshine, and that people are jealous of and want to knock it out. And I know about... Not just me. me there, I've that, watched I'm it happen to general, other people. I'm yeah. saying in general, there's something about darker forces that it's just that, wow, he's happy, she's happy, she's positive, she's excited, we must kill her. Yeah, yeah but you know what? To their defense, they knew that their director would lose focus the minute he saw... Her to their defense, and that she they it wouldn't become. A, I don't it, believe in no, that. It would be about no, the movie. No, Maria. It would be about her. Because Robert Aldridge he, had a history of sleeping yes. with his little starlets. That's the Hollywood way. He easily could have banged her. I, listen, I'll name drop right now. There was a. There was a. It was. It was a Ooh, movie. Where's he going? Uh oh. Hmm. It was a movie that didn't go anywhere. It was an early Chris Evans vehicle, and this wasn't from Chris Evans. I heard this. I knew someone who worked on the film, and it was. Uh, who was the star? Are you talking about Kim Basinger in him? Kim Basinger was... The self, cell, cell number? Cellular? cellular? Yes. cellular. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, so yes. I had heard from someone who worked on crew that the young director fell in love with Kim, started messing around with her, and the script, everything changed. Yeah. Everything well, changed. Well, you did see in this episode so and in the last episode how this movie could have gone in a different direction at any given point before they locked in Betty and Joan. They're like, we've been looking for a, a vehicle for Natalie Wood and we've been looking for something for this right. person and they kept trying to shift it. Let's make the neighbor hot and yes. gorgeous and, yes. and this and that. So, and so easily, I get it, but, easily co- but I'm with it's you. hard for me easily. because I've watched, I watched a man be so insanely jealous of me coming into a program and he and his team did everything they could to get rid of me before I even started. And then when I started, they said they're going to do everything they could to get me to quit, which meant they tortured me for three full years until I was so miserable that I wanted to quit. I never got to quit. Well, Why? Because I had a family to feed. Confirm that, And Maria. I didn't want to die. Confirm that, Maria. <laughs> Maria, confirm that I name. shall name no names. Maria, confirm that name. I shall name, name no names. names. <laughs> so you're a smart boy, <laughs> but, but that's the truth. And, and so what happens is, is people... So then they say, everyone rationalizes it, and they say, well, Betty and Joan were afraid the vehicle was going to get taken from them. Well, F you. If she could take it, then you you did something wrong. <laughs> I, I, That's it. You know what? Because I'm sorry. I watched someone do it to me. Why? Because they were afraid I was going to come in and then maybe they were going to get less money next year because they were going to have to pay for me and whatever. It's just, it's so stupid because you cut your nose to spite your face because together you could become a superpower. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alone, so you're, okay. you're rating sick. By the way, Maria, I couldn't agree more because I've sorry. been through it with you. Except... Let's play devil's advocate. Ratings can go up he or ca- they can go but down. He cast, you choose. He casts the hottie. He starts banging the hottie, which he, he's already... What do they say? Past performance is an indicator of future performance. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's bang, He's got, he starts banging this little girl. And all of a sudden now, it's more story up on her. More sto- And that's not the story. The story is these two women in their battle together, right? So... Do you rolling my bean burrito that couldn't, way? Sorry. Couldn't you just have a bad? <laughs> couldn't you just have a bad? Couldn't you have a? Couldn't the movie have? Couldn't you see how the movie would have gone downhill? I, listen, I understand in some scenarios, and I think for these two women, this was such an important movie for them. I, I mean, it's fine. 
I just I have seen it and witnessed it and experienced it, and so I have a, a certain PTSD with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see, Couldn't you see potentially what? how it could have. But at the end of the day, when the movie was so much about these two women and their fire was so explosive together, like but, have but, a little confidence. Yeah, yeah, it's damn not it, that, Marie. It's not that they don't have control over. Aldrich directing it, yeah. redoing scenes, or Jack Warner going, ooh, all of America's going to fall in love, love with, with her. her. Yes. And then all of a sudden, now the plot goes away to this girl, mm-hmm. and that ruins this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And we know, again, from past performance, and they showed you with the, uh, the way people wanted to even buy it, so when they tried to sell a film, you can see where it would, there's a great significant chance it could go that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed in the show, and I love it, is the way you manipulate a man is with sex. Mm. And when Joan can do that with Bob, she turned to Hedda and manipulated her with, with empathy and sympathy. And, and yes. yes. But and was it true? Was her... No. no. Was, no, was Hedda genuine in any way? I wanted to ask you wait, guys wait, can that. We get, wait, before we get to that, the other way you can get a man is emasculate him. So when they cut his balls off and say, you're not John Ford. Yeah. <gasps> they got him. Right. Yeah. But you know so, what? But Betty was still young-ish. And she got her way with Bob using sex and using her femininity. But when Joan couldn't do it, she turned the heartstrings onto Hedda. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of that was true. I think she was in not in debt. I think she was lo- was low on cash, but she definitely wasn't two million dollars. She in did debt. need the money though because they borrowed from Pepsi, and then when he died, and they had to pay it back. Yeah. I, I yeah. actually believed no, it. She was totally in debt. Yeah. I think she was. So I think was she genuine. was. I thought she that was, was genuine. But I, I was like, but she was using it to manipulate. Absolutely. Could mm-hmm. welcome to the house of evil or the house of uh, fear? Could she be genuine in that moment? Do you think she was, or she was just like, this could be mutually beneficial? Who are you asking? I think she was genuine because the way Joan Crawford um, positioned Betty Davis was like an outsider. Yeah. She didn't know what this life's about. She's not from here. And Hedda said that. She's a Yankee. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Yankee like me. She's from Lowell, Massachusetts. I'm from Medford, bitch. Well, shout out to Susan (laughs) Sarandon. Because you can hear teases mm-hmm. of the Boston accent. She sounds like yeah. a Kennedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you hear that little yeah. Massachusetts accent coming out that Betty Davies had. What are you talking about? There mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> but, but again, I just keep noticing the contrast between the houses and the cars. So you notice bright yellow mm-hmm. is what, um, and that fake, again, that fake sugary sweet exterior in, 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 um, in Joan Crawford, right? Yeah. And then Betty is in the black car. Yeah. Hedda is in a yellow car as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's team... Oh, she's Stafford. She's team. Uh, <laughs> no, she's team Crawford. Yeah, You'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. She's team Crawford. She's from that world. And then even and again, a great storyteller. As I said earlier, will use everything in every weapon at his uh, disposal, like Ryan Murphy's doing right now. So even notice the car that up drives Dr- Aldrich a station wagon, a green station wagon. He yes. drives up. So you see these big, giant, fancy cars, and in the middle of it's that. And even the daughter, the. Uh, J, what's her name? BD. BD. Think of the music she's listening to. It's bubblegum, sugary crap. It's Joni. It's not. It's not really good quality music from the early '60s. It's the shit songs. It's not even like we wouldn't even listen to that bitty, and go, "Wow, bitty, teeny weeny yeah. polka dot bikini." Yeah. So, so even that is 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 not just. There's an age gap between us. It's not that. We're just different. Because she could be, she could have been listening to, um, God, like 62. I'm trying to think, like, who who was out in, the, in 62? Yeah, that tell was, us, that honey. Was, that was <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think early, who would have been early 60s. I mean, the Beatles come in in 66, but still, we had really good music still. We've always had good music. But no, she's listening to the sugary crap that really is more the Joan world. Yeah. And I thought so the daughter was evil. What a little bitch. I what an ingrateful her. little bitch. I would be like, I am so proud of How you. How dare you tear my ass out mm-hmm. like that? I oh taught my you well. God. Betty had a relationship like that with her mother, and then it just went right down the line. They yeah. had contentious mother-daughter relationship. But wait, so when we were watching this and I was like horrified, you two, I know Kevin needed a hug, so he got up and hugged Justin. When you were like, oh my God, I would love it if my daughter did this. So explain that because I have no idea where you're coming from. The way she stood up to her mother, yes, it was a little frank and it was too like brash. It was just too brash. It was nasty. But, But that girl had balls. 
and she didn't get them from society. She got them from her mother. Right. She's a strong woman, and she made her point. And I think if history repeats itself in this show, she's not going to go back to East Coast. She's going to get a chance to shine because that's all she wanted. She dressed that way because she wanted to be noticed. She probably wanted a part in the show, and her mother would not let her do it. And after she stood up to her, then she's going to give her exactly what she wants. Do you really think, though, that Betty was mad at her daughter for cavorting with the men on the set and being all hot because she wasn't hot? Or is it because you're talking about a woman who hid her breasts her entire career because she didn't want to be overt and didn't respect that her daughter was being overt? She's reminding her of Joan, I think. There you go. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying about the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Joan music. It's Joan music. And it's also everything that Betty Davis didn't stand for. Or respect. But the times mm-hmm. are changing. The times are changing. So it was less about the daughter. It was more about her morals and her kind of. Yeah, and I think, and I think the daughter. Um, I don't know. I'll get a lot. Is of her crap daughter still alive? I think the daughter. Is, I'm sure she is. <laughs> and I think, she's married I just, to the husband. Her husband is the son of Seven Arts Productions. She met him on the set of Baby Jane. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they're still married. I, and I thought that I just she call was, a living uh, person a horrible thing. Oops. And, I don't know. What's that, Kevin? What's that, tea, Kevin? Wait, Kevin's gonna. Kevin's trying to spill some tea, guys. Uh, you know, in, unless she's being hit with coat hangers, um, I feel like the daughter. I got hit it. with belts. I think I got hit daughter, with wooden spoons. I think, well, I'm referencing mommy dearest and in, in an abusive, what seemed like it was an abusive relationship. But you know, no one's the perfect parent. But you, you coming up in a really good, you're in a pretty privileged environment, and just hearing Betty's interviews, like she just seemed like she was really a smart woman. Smart. She was tough, but she was smart. I don't know if it just didn't feel like all of that was deserved. I felt like it was a bratty kid, you know. Ballsy, you know you're you right, never know, but bratty. I but know. you never know what goes on behind closed I know. doors. True. I like, saw BD's interview, and I was on her side because she. You said were Team her, BD. Oh yeah, okay. because she said her mother. The minute she got married and had a successful marriage after several years, Ooh. her mother was jealous. She had four failed marriages. What one of the? But maybe oh, that was said, her projecting her too. Book. You never know. Yeah. Well, what if well, BD well, was thing, projecting okay, the one thing, that? The one thing I'll say about that's I, true. I'll, I'll give this to BD. I feel like. Both these women, if they were married to anything, it really was their careers because they loved it. Like, I feel like Betty loved just... Lo- Listen, Maria, we've recently been with movie stars, and you're like, wow, Kevin, all he or she talks about is movies. I go, Maria, because they have so much passion for this that you don't have. Yeah. You have more of a passion for life and people, and, th- and that's great. But, Puppies. But, but people have such a... They have such a. Betty just had such a passion for acting and for filmmaking and for the craft, and that probably superseded a passion for wifedom or momdom. Well, there's a dysfunction because extremism is just. Well, I always mm-hmm. tell people it's Tough. okay to have that passion, but then don't bring in other people into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let me let me just go for it. Let me just give you something to think about. Okay, you said you know Beatty was probably spoiled. She was probably ungrateful. Right. You're looking at the outside of it. Everyone thought Martha Stewart was the shit and the bomb and the like, the nicest mom, the greatest thing. Is this feud season six? And then <laughs> the daughter wrote the book, and allegedly Martha had served the lamb that she had been raising to teach her a mm-hmm. lesson, and didn't tell her until she was halfway done with the with the pet lamb. And she wrote a tell-all, honey, and it was the bomb. Like, blew the lid off that crockpot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because for years, before Martha went to jail, uh-huh. everybody thought Martha yeah. was like this, mm-hmm. like, you know. And she I still think she's a her great... her lamb? She taught her a lesson and, and on Christmas morning. Okay, no, now that that's uncalled for. So you know that your mom, Maria, tells <clears throat> me the stories all the time. Know. She's playing with goats in the village, and the next day, they're, they're having their Easter dinner. But and that was just necessity. Little. There was but, nothing. Okay. But people survive it again. I, I listen. I, I, uh, who here has worked with underprivileged kids? I have. Hi. I'm going to tell you. And kids that came out of the projects and had nothing. And if whatever they had was crackhead parents, and I mean, I, all of it. And so, I'm always even when I have kids at Afterbus come and complain to me about mom and dad. I'm like, okay, slow down now. Uh, let's see. They, you get your bills paid. You've gone to the best yeah. education. You've like, listen. I get. You don't understand because you haven't seen the other side. Let's go look at the other side, and then let's come back to this. Yeah. So, again, your mother ate, and th- those mean old men would laugh at the table. Ask your mother, ah, you're eating little Bobo. <laughs> and you know what? And you know what? I, I'm sure it affected your mom, and we know that, right? Every, But guess what? Mom keeps on going and appreciates life. and I, so. But she didn't have to cook that lamb. 
There was 30 other lambs no, on that farm. That was, I get she that. wanted that to be like sure. People had to. I get it. Yeah. You don't know evil. You know, again, That's guys. That's evil. And, and Mark, remember, I didn't say that. I know no, you went to jail. Also, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. No, no. I also want to shout out another thing. Parents in their 20s, 30s, even up to like early 40s, you know, it's a. You, why do you think when you see grandparents, they get it right? Do they I know? They spoil. <laughs> I know a lot. Of, well, some of them are spoiling you because know, they went the I'm other kidding. way and neglected. But why? They get it right because after 50, they've got the patience. They have the greater understanding. When you're young, God, I mean, I got smashed in the face for spilling milk. Yeah. But they really had no more milk. It was like, you know, that was how much stress. Now, once my father, oh my God, he, he was in his deathbed crying over this stuff. And when he was with the grandchildren, he was, I get it now, I get it. Even to the point with me, like, I get that you waited to have kids. Your dad, Maria always trying to force us to have kids when he was younger mm-hmm. and now he's like no I get it now because now you go uh, you, you know would Martha do that again I don't know I wonder ah, uh, would she ah, do it again uh, I don't know ah. we, don't, we don't know nah let's go to Christmas at Martha's we and don't <laughs> know and then a lot of these parents that I, again I've seen is that they're so successful right but they grew up with nothing and then when they see the kids have everything and are complaining about Lilith, they get angry. Yeah. And again, if you're that. not older, mature enough, and evolved enough, they go, okay, I get what's going on here. Yeah. I need to keep myself in check. So I'm just saying. But that's why I think the daughter, Beatty, might have checked her a little bit on in that conversation, and then the tables will turn for her. She and let so, her stay. Okay, and so we're, and listen, this is a spoiler. So, so Beatty's going to star in this movie. And then what? Write a tell-all book before the mother dies about how the mother is is equivalent to mommy dearest so really was that the good thing well she put her in check and you know she puts her in a major motion picture which to me is you can, how much more can you give somebody well then you sign that contract and you say bd you cannot write a well, book about mommy okay but that's different <laughs> okay but we're talking about a business versus emotional i'm saying emotionally speaking you know she's okay she did her piece and the mother caves and, and, and gives to her and obviously it doesn't work. Yeah, but how many we times know. in Hollywood have we seen this happen over and over again where the kids or the exes or someone in the family spills about We see it all the time. The person. Mm-hmm. Oh, like but Madonna it, and her brother. Oh and, my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. Went mm-hmm. off and on and on well, and on. Well, those are siblings. That's different. That's a sibling who was very jealous and just you know, and it, we know that how that goes. Jealousy is a real bad but one. But I think that, uh, and you don't have a choice with something. But I think that the key is you really either a you have to pick your career or one or the other. Something's going to give if you you can't have both. You yeah. know, something's going to give. Number one, number two. You know, even for these kids in Hollywood that are having babies at twenties and thirties, ju- you just know it's like, oh boy, yeah. I, I and it's a lot to live up to for a child who has the the namesake. It's really hard. It's it, I've known a lot of them, and they're like, "Are you my friend because of me, or because of who my mom or dad is?" Yeah. That must be tough. That it can is be t- tough. And just so you know, to bring it all full circle, this is why Adolf Hitler said he would never have a child. Oh my God, honey! <laughs> he said <laughs> that because Kevin he said, went there. <laughs> yeah, he said because no one we, would never on be able note. to live up to me. We're gonna switch gears. <laughs> for a second and uh, the go. only way I know how to do that is give myself a plug if you guys are watching right now tune into Conversations with Maria Monday through Friday mornings live at 10am on Sirius XM Radio uh, Justin you're going to come be a guest with me a co-host right? Only if you're going to tell me everything <laughs> like there, there needs to be like a no holds bar like situation going on. Oh my god! We I want to hear will. it all. It's uh, I have a lot of fun on that show. I think you'll have a lot. Listen, of fun. if you love but the I, stuff, the newsletter, Maria, too, right? You should mention your newsletter. Yeah, well, I'm starting a newsletter, so I don't have time to write another book. But um, my first book, The Ever Girl's Guide to Life, um, was kind of a a guide for women of all ages to do everything better, faster, cheaper. So now I'm creating this little newsletter and I'm sending it only to um, people via email directly. And it's going to have all my kind of tips and tricks and all the secrets and all the things that I'm obsessed with that I love that are genuine and not being paid to say. Oh, nice. um, Which I find is so hard to find nowadays because everything is just sponsored. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, I love this nail polish. And you really don't. And it's just because you're getting paid. So Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to be doing that newsletter. You can email us at Conversations with Maria at gmail.com if you want to be on my special little secret newsletter list. Um, I do want to move on and talk about the irony. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about this, and Fern, you may have being our research queen. Mm-hmm. The irony that Ryan Murphy is making this, um, this whole feud between these two women when he is actually working so hard to build women up. He's doing this whole 50 50 thing where 
50% of his company and 50% of people working on his films and his projects like this have to be comprised of women. And he was talking about this at, um, I think it was the Variety Power, Women's Power Lunch or Breakfast or whatever that we had a couple couple months ago. And his speech moved me to tears. I was hysterical listening to him. And, uh, and I think that it's really amazing because he's like, I, and if you know any directors, I need, I need good ones. Because he ended up having to direct... What was that last thing he did? People versus OJ. Was it people? Yeah, I think it was people versus OJ. He ended up having to direct because the female he had had to drop out for a reason, and he couldn't find another one, so he had to take it on. And he was going to have someone that was in the show, I think, direct it. Mm. Sarah Paulson. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm getting this right. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. But <laughs> the, the, point anyway, is, the point is, is he's is, doing he's doing this to raise awareness, and he's an, for an angel for doing this he's because amazing. we need that. And you know, FX when they greenlit it, so I, we I'm, I don't know one of the um, the guy second in charge over there, Chuck Saffle, who been on the Tomorrow Show as a guest, and he said, you know, we've been very fortunate with timing. So Black Lives Matter, out comes the OJ thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, and now the women's movement. And we didn't do it for that reason. We just did mm-hmm. it because we knew this was a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's great time. I'm not surprised because he really handled the treatment of Marsha Clark and OJ yes. so beautifully. Yes, that, that was the episode. finally on her side and understand her. 20 so years I, later. 20 years later. She went through still. it. And that was well, the well, episode know, he was going to have a female direct because he yes. said they needed that sensitivity mm-hmm. and that like female connection. Right. Yeah. You know, the irony is with that is, is that Darden and, and Marsha, you know... Um, were victimized and mm-hmm. vilified and all these different things. But in the end, you know, isn't it interesting that pretty much everyone on the OJ team is dead? And if not, major tragedies like this, the few that are alive have literally lost their children. I mean, it's crazy, like, what's going on. And there's Marsha, who's in the Hamptons, and, you know, Darden's teaching. I can't wait to hear know. what he's going to say. Go ahead. Kevin's going there. <laughs> oh, Kevin is going if there tonight. Believe, like, if you don't believe in a higher power, man, mm-hmm. it's right there. You just have to look at the defense team. It's like they all, all the way to OJ. You know, everyone, nobody um, won in that one. That's a cut. Mm-hmm. Kevin went there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, can we talk about the scene where... Um, uh, Betty Davis is chatting with her director and Bob Aldridge, and she wants to talk about I've written a letter to Daddy. So, of course, I started last episode with I've written a letter mm-hmm. to Daddy. I can't get the song out of my head, and I'm obsessed. But what was amazing to me was that she was so concerned that she wasn't a singer. And what I thought made her so great in the movie, uh, in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, is the fact that you know she was this child performer, and she knew how to perform. And now in her late years... Her dad said you could never lose your talent, but her talent had faded a little, got rusty. So her voice being imperfect was just a beautiful connection Mm -hmm. there. It it worked. But it's really weird because we always talk about the women in this movie using sexuality to kind of control the men. But if you look at that scene, the one before Jack Warner's like, make one of them think you like them more. So he used the sexual appetite and and kind of sort of his charisma to kind of make her feel like she was wanted. Do you? Mm-hmm. And then she like trusted him because if you look at her, she was a little confused by it because that's not her normal role. Right. That wasn't Betty Davis's thing. No. But, but and then here you come and this man is like, and she's like looking at his hands and like looking in the I mirror. Thought, see, I thought the moment was genuine. No. I thought it was he, about trust, though. Go ahead. I think he was using... Because Jack Warner said, make one of them think you like them more. And he this was using true. the sexual... He was using that power and that, that lust to get her in his but corner. He was, and he was, but he was so conflicted because he said, yeah, well, I'll have dinner with my wife. Right. Like, he was trying no, to... No, he got lost in it for a second. But and I think he did. I like, think he Ooh. got lost. And also, if you know, for Betty, Betty was the type that... She had her way with men, too. But... Whereas Joan used men to, I'm sure there was part of her that enjoyed the sex, but she used men to get ahead. Betty used men. Do we men. know that for sure, though? That bothers me. I hate rumors, and I don't know. We I don't know that for sure. I have to go to Fern on this. Everything <laughs> I've read, Maria, and it, shout out to you, must remember this great podcast that we all love. It looks like, yeah, but she wanted. But, I mean, I, yeah, I just finished a dual biography called Feud, actually, of Joan and Betty, and. He, I mean, because I should be able to sleep. She should be able to sleep with whoever she wants, and she, there should be no judgment. But it seems that 
she did. And remember when I had that played on it? I had someone spreading awful rumors about me, and I've had sex with two people. And they were not in California. And you are one of them. And I'm like, how dare people spread rumors like that? You're right. Nasty. I'm having a feud right now myself. But let me give you the counter. Let me finish. Betty, on the other hand. I'm going to let you finish. Betty, on the other hand, didn't, (laughs) didn't do that. Betty, it was for pleasure. And she said that in the interviews that you saw this weekend with me. No one's accusing Betty of getting parts for sleeping with people. But my point is, well, in this moment, you think, you might think that she slept with Bob Aldrich to get the upper hand, too. She didn't. She didn't. It was genuine. She she was like, I'm in the moment. I'm attracted to you. Let's do it. And then, you know, she's like, in in her interview, she's like, I still believe in marriage. I still believe in it. But just didn't work for me. You I know? don't think she even knew she was attracted to him when they she were did rehearsing. It. No, I think she's had a moment. She, she vulnerability. Had a moment. vulnerability. She was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's when it happens. At the end, when they yeah. have that moment. But I don't even see it as weakness. I see it as like, you know what? Like this is a oh in this moment I'm feeling this and a lot of actors and actresses do this they go in the moment right they go. It's in another that, version like, of I adoration, Kev. She was vulnerable and she needed adoration. Ha ha. Maybe. I don't. I thought the whole scene was about trust because she. I thought she That's, was going to walk in and say, "Are you sleeping with Joan?" Because otherwise, like, I can't trust you. I yeah. think, I he, think she, you guys, I think she loved the art so much that she has this creative breakthrough with him mm-hmm. about your daddy. And which, by the way, when she does this in Baby Jane, she crushes. She sings this song and he keeps lifting her arms higher, go bigger. That's what she loved, you guys. Like, Ugh, so and then like, she like, says to him, I trust you. And I'm like, I hate him. Well, He's <laughs> making me cute. Well, because, because, she loved, because she loves, you guys, she loved the art and the craft so much. And I will give you tea that nobody cares about is I love it that much, too. So when I talk to somebody about the art and we get going, it's like, oh, we, we love it. I have guys that like I have a creative crush on. We start talking yeah. and we get excited about a role and a part. And, and so someone like that who loved it so much and he gives her this big breakthrough. Yeah. She's all in. I didn't even I've see it. In the moment. Sexual. Not like for the next 50 years. In that moment. I thought it was sexual because they, when it ended with it ended his hands on her sexually. heart, because there was a trust. moment and then she broke out she of it. She was so insecure about her performance in the beginning and he got her and he to got trust her that she was going to be and, perform and, great. And remember in her interviews, William Wyler could do no wrong. Like she respected the craft so much, you guys, that this guy gives her an honest breakthrough for the character and she's mm-hmm. like, I love you, you're mine. In the moment. Not like, oh my God, like, I want to marry you, I'm in love with you, I'm falling for you. No, in the moment, she, yeah. Let's. She loved him because he made her, she trusted him that her performance is not going to be And because the, because, performing, because performing to her was so important. Mm-hmm. It was so important. Side not note. being adulated like Joan, but, but turning in that great performance. Yeah. Side note, I've never seen a straight white man use the T as accurately as you. <laughs> and I'm going to give you, because people use the T the wrong way yeah. all the time. I am pretty impressed with well, you. Justin, you, I'm going to just say, um, he's pretty hip. Um, I am going to say right now that we have questioned his sexuality at times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do a 2020 report <laughs> on this shit right here. The older you get, the less you care. <laughs> whatever, whatever moves the needle. Right? <laughs> and I love that, like, the gay, what's the gay guy's name? Oh, Victor Buono. No, we oh have to my talk God, he's amazing. We have the body of his day. By the way, by the way, she was so mortified that her love interest was an overweight gay man. But she had a duality in the moment because she was like, he's interesting. And he was Victor's doppelganger. Like, he looks so much like him. him. He sounded like him. He sounded like him. Incredible shout out to this actor who played Victor. Let me again give some props to Victor Bono who you'll see him in Baby Jane. He, this guy was a gay guy in his early 20s. As you'll see in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte who he could pay a 60-year-old father. That's how good he was. He ends up dying at like 42. He goes on to play King Tut, which kind of camps up his career, but people don't understand this was an amazing actor who just didn't live long enough yeah. to become what he should be. He was so incredible. In his early 20s, he could pull off, you'll see, he plays a dad in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, and in this, he plays a love interest, even though he's a fat yeah. gay guy. Symbolically speaking, she wants black coffee. Remember the black car? I don't want the sugar. And he's stuffing his face with the sweet donuts. And we see the bright colored donuts. So he's on the surface, he's Joan. 
but watch as, as they get to know each other yeah. better. She, they become very dear friends. Yeah. She has, because she loves the art, you guys. Because well, yeah. she and respects talent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so watch what happens. When she sees how talented he is, watch what's going to happen. Yeah. You make it sound like when you say, you know, die too early, didn't get a chance to really go there, it sounds so much like Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah. for me, he would have been like a De Niro. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. At some point, like, oh, he you would have really But at least we know Heath Ledger. No one really knows Victor Victor Bono, you yeah. know, other than King Tut, which is camp. So it to me, but if you watch this guy's work, he's yeah. phenomenal. But again, that moment was pivotal because she's like, "Wait, I, you're you're sugary, you're sweet, you're fat, and you're gay." Like, there's so much going through her brain, right? Like, I'm no longer good enough to have a handsome young leading man. You bring me a fat young gay guy, but then he's eating all the sugar and the crap, which is Pepsi Cola, which represents right. But but she does, and Sarandon seems like she has this peculiar look. Like, wait, maybe. He, Maybe there's something Maybe more to this guy. Yeah, yeah we're vibing. Right, and, and I'm confused as to why. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I think she appreciated his confidence because he just bit the donut and walked yes. away. Yes, yes. yes. No, but that's the balls thing. That's what you were saying about the daughter. Why she's going to now respect the daughter in a different mm-hmm. way because she said mm-hmm. she was right. She's like, she washed him. Up. We're cracking yeah. it. <laughs> but I will say, um, since we're talking about performances and we have not given a shout out to Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lang because they are fantastic. And when you watch Susan Sarandon become Betty Davis in the actual scene, when she's you know crying in in the mirror or when she's singing, I, I am blown away at how much she captured her. Yeah, it's incredible. But you know what? It's hard for me because I love Su- um, I love. Um, Jessica Lange, mm-hmm. but Faye Dunaway just did it. Did it. Like, did yes. it. Yes. She murdered she it. She did. She, but I yes. think that and she had a, a closer look to, to, to Joan Crawford, where, where Jessica Lange... You know and, what I and, think, and, Maria? And, and what? I think Faye had more inside to tap into. Oh! I think there's an inner... Joan and Faye. Honey, she is the second coming right? of Joan. <laughs> and I that's why she... Oh, we watch it. Let's watch it together because I'm with you. I'm obsessed with the movie. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her performance. Christina! I mean, just the shoulder pads and the no. and the posture, everything I thought was... I can't rewatch was, that scene with the closet, she, though. It hurts no, me. No. The only scene you need to watch is when she gets to that boardroom and she goes, listen here, fellas. Yeah. Like that's takes to over me, takes over Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> She's like, I don't know shit about Coca-Cola. But but I'ma run this. And but for I'm a me, what? I'ma run this. Like, oh yeah. I'ma run yeah, it. I agree. She w- and for me, that's the hard but part. But I also think I also think that as a business person, obviously Jessica Lang is a, is a better name to use now. Uh, I don't know if Faye I don't know if Faye's too old to play it. I don't know if that's the reason why. I will say as a director why I would rather go with Jessica than Faye because I think Faye would bring so much of the Joan baggage to a shoot. Yeah. That Well, and Ryan could, works you, with Jessica and she's well, they obviously you know have a good mean? relationship. And it's re- you guys as a director, even if it's going to be for the greater good, there's so many great actors and actresses out there. You just don't want the drama. And yeah. I feel like Faye would have brought that drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would she would have been amazing. Maybe maybe right. not. You're right, but why would you want to take the chance when you have a great working relationship with Jessica? But Faye would have been. I mean, Faye. Yes, I not agree. Faye to death, but she's a little too long in the tooth, as they would say in Hollywood. Like, oh, she's well, just a well, little. Well, they different age. She's like 70 and, and, and Joan's 60, right? Now, the character of at Joan. At this is, point, I think Joan's like. I think late 50s. Like late 50s. Yeah, like late 50s. so that's why so she's like, too she's old. a little bit. Yeah. Even though she looks great. Yeah, but she the looks 70 amazing. now is the new 50. Like, we're 20 it's years fair. behind. True, but but I think the. But I, here's the. I think Jessica Lang is crushing, and I think. She's doing great. Susan Sarant. The whole cast, everyone's doing such a phenomenal job. It's unbelievable. I even love to- Stanley Tucci with, I noticed, the veneer cast. Mm. Yeah. on his teeth just perfect. always wears and the those receding hairline. yeah, and, yeah. The, and, the, and another treasure do, Kev, do you remember Kevin's my USB drive I have no hard drive <laughs> space left but do you remember <laughs> when we would talk to Randall and he had all the inside scoop on Louis B. Mayer because of Margaret and Anita Go and back everybody to Anita Page which we talked about because you last see week's Louis episode. B. Mayer in this episode yes and they were from what I remember guys, really cruel cruel they were here's the thing they had way too much power these men and they were only you could count on one hand who ran Hollywood, and Louis B. Mayer was one. And, and yeah, and he was, I know with Anita Page, he was like, listen, Anita, your last couple of pictures are bombs. He's like, you know, all we got to do is, 
yeah. sleep with me and uh, we'll we'll have an extended play another five years as Heather Hopper, which back then five years was was to an them eternity, yeah. an eternity. It's not like today where we're living a hundred years old, like you know. So, but and when Anita was like, "No, I'm Catholic. I don't believe in that." Da-da. He's like, "You're done." And not only are you done. Which you still see in Hollywood, they try, but thank God, because of the internet, and thank God that we have so many other business opportunities, you fucking asshole piece of shit suits can't <laughs> do this anymore to people. Kevin, exactly. just came to you. Okay? <laughs> but, but you cannot go, you know what? Slay those I'm, studio I'm ones, honey! I'm, you're not going to sleep with me, so not only are you done here, which, good, okay, kick me out of here, that's bad enough, you but you're not working me. anywhere else. And we've right. even experienced that in our end of the business, where it's like, let it go. We're not even competing with you anymore and still making those calls. Right. It's an old Hollywood thing. Joan Rivers, when she, after she left The Tonight Show, she got her own short Fox. The minute the show started going south, the guy running Fox at the time, and Joan talked about this to the day she died, was like, okay, not only, so it's not working out here, but I'm going to make sure you work nowhere else. Yeah. So it's, it's not enough that we're going to get rid of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to bury you so you can't go succeed anywhere else and make us look bad. Yeah. And so with a Louis B. Mayer, it was like, Nita, you're fired, and I'm going to make sure you don't work for anyone else. All the way, this is how much power he had that it was a Gloria who was. The mistress of um, uh, Hearst. Uh, she was. Oh. Was it? Was it? Um, oh God! Was it Gloria? Marion Davies. Marion Davies. So Marion was friends with Anita, and Anita would go up to Hearst Castle all the time and complain to them. And he would say, you know, and this is a guy who had all, owned all the newspapers. Yeah. And even he didn't have the power to overcome, and he tried, but he's like, eh, I can't. Even he didn't have the power. Isn't wasn't um, that. Didn't Louis B. Mayer have them call him Papa, and he acted like he was still moral? Oh, like yes. No, they were just right. psychotic. Yes. Well, even go, going back to that, remember, Jack Warner says to to Joan, don't play that daddy shit with me. I'm not yeah. cut the shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay. And then he, yeah. in the, and then later, to Betty, he mm-hmm. goes, big daddy. daddy. Says, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. You're right. They all do. <laughs> you remember so the time that Catherine Heigl decided to... Um, piss someone off yes. at um, oh, Grey's yes. Anatomy and then she was doing NyQuil commercials after that yes because they made sure and I felt so bad for her because she was so talented and she so was talented. At, she was at the top of her game one and 27 dresses she had all those yes. movies mm-hmm. one behind the yep. next and then she pissed somebody off in Hollywood. I don't know how you... Because I it's have hard. worked with people... Well, everyone likes to push down a falling fence, too. Chinese proverb. So once one person does it, then yep. everyone jumps. Came for her life. Hmm. Well, Nicole Nicola Sheridan, has she really had much success since that lawsuit? It's like... Came for her life. We, we send you a message. You want to try to fight back? Oh, we'll show you. Yeah. And I'd say, all goes back to, to me in this. Grab that book. Make your own project. Yep. And then don't let the petty shit get in the way. Everybody's put a great team together that's committed to that one goal. That's yeah. She kind of tried. I she mean, tried. She, she, she did. Listen, and she tried, you guys, 70 years ago. And it's hard when they're all coming for you because everybody was coming for them. Everybody was pitting them up against each other. They the psychological no warfare no was mm-hmm. so and we deep. Also, we also have to say this about when we're judging these people as parents, when we're judging how they handle their careers. Which, guys, there's this no was, manual. No, this was a new art form. Yeah. Okay. The the silent films were like almost like prehistoric. It was like BC. So this was like the, the this is you guys. We're talking like this is a a medium that's twenty really about twenty five years yeah. old. The Oscars started in twenty nine or thirty. You, this is so so even when you deal when you see a David Cassidy or those teen idols, it was all new. Today we know how to manage it better. Yeah. That's why Selena Gomez is able to kind of grow in her career and keep going. Like we know now, we know certain things even as parents. Like so, when we just I caution everybody when we're judging what we're seeing, this was all so freaking new to be looked at as a god. But I say it all the time. You know I, mean? I say it all the time. Justin Bieber had no manual on how to become a child star and survive it. There's no manual no, no, on how to no, be a parent. Wait, There's no manual on how to deal with your money. There is no manual for Tony Robbins' book. There is no manual. But Maria. Their handlers today have 70 years of data to that's go true. by, and that's why there's a better... But these people didn't. Mm-hmm. So we have to be a little bit more understanding that human beings, and they, they, there was no, uh, oh, well, 30 years ago, this is how it goes. No, it was, you have a shelf life of three or four years as a female, so you must kill or be killed. 
bitch. I cannot wait to see what my kids write about me. <laughs> they are gonna write some shit about me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write the forward. Oh, oh you stop. my god! I'm gonna be like, do it. To be fair, so though, funny. I feel like I would rather have my blue-collar parents who were mentally healthy than rich parents yes. who were narcissists. No. And not so involved damaging. in your life. You're no. right. No. 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 no, 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 no. You're right. I'm a, I'm a people. I love to watch. I love to observe. I like We can to take like, you to watch the cuckoos. I <laughs> don't would to have loved to grown up. Like, no. With, like, you grew really? up blue-collar. I grew up my single parent family. My mother no, worked from that's seven why o'clock that's to why nine you're amazing. o'clock. That's why you're sitting here no, today. No, Come and on. Thank you so much. But to be completely honest, if I could be a fly on the wall, fly on the wall, yes. the at Madonna's house. No, no, at Madonna's house. Can you imagine being yeah, fly, raised by Madonna? Different. Oh, don't fly on the wall. I want to read yes. about all no, no, of them. I'm sure she's gonna, oh, no, no, I would have loved to have Angelina Jolie as one, I'd be one Funny. of the seven kids in the in the horror. Okay, and the that'd be fine. Plane. But she's gonna. Angelina is more involved. Again, oh, she's had seven oh, let years. Me go, let me go back. I go would back. have loved to be Marilyn's only child, like. Marilyn yeah. Monroe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would have loved to like or know Marilyn what that Manson. was like. Okay, well, well Jones, would you, Joan or Betty, you'd, you'd want to be their kids? Joan and I would have boxed out like two women in a, in a bag. <laughs> like, she and I would have fought. But yes, but that's a whole nother experience because you know what? Yes, the mental abuse, the emotional abuse must have been hard, but the good times must have been phenomenal too. Just to watch that okay. kind of a legend. Interesting. Like in well, I said that about that's why going back to what I said about BD, like stop your bitching. Think of other kids, how they grew up. Come on, you had a really you had a good shot at things. You have a pretty great lifestyle. If you went and saw the rest of the world, what's out there and how they're living. Kind of hard for me to feel. Oh my god! Bad. Hoping I'm that you have food on the table and okay. waiting I'm for your uncle to drop to, groceries off, to like sneakily in your Because everybody has pain, and everyone has an, is entitled. Hold on to their pain. Hold what? on, Kevin. Hold okay, on. Sorry. Go ahead. Do y'all remember when Aaron Spelling died? Yeah. And Tori Spelling thought she was getting all kinds of money, and then Candy was like, "Bitch, halt! Here's four hundred thousand dollars, deuces." Do you could you imagine that okay, so you thought that you were going to be the heir of the spelling fortune and then your mother It wasn't wrote the you. mother. The f- so what it was it was 800,000. Kevin knows he was at their house. It was $800,000 and it was Aaron who left her that. But guess why? And I don't even think Tori understands this because she said, you know, my dad wasn't a great businessman. He was a great artist. Like, um, no, Tori, for a man to become a, 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 a billionaire, as a, 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 a close to billionaire, he was a great businessman. I remember playing cards with him one night, and he was giving like fifty at, cent at their and, house. No, 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 in, in Vegas oh, with Tori and Candy. It's just one of those things we end, at the Napti convention, and he was given one dollar tips and whatever. He was a very frugal guy, very smart with his money. I believe that he did that because. He knew if he gave her the lion's share, then she'd have no reason to reconcile with the mother. So now she's a little bit on the hook. She has a good enough life, but not not the amazing. And so she's got to, you know, play. He want if he he loved loved Candy, and he loved loved he cherished Tori, loved her, and he did not want them to be separated, and he didn't want. Probably Candy to be this old woman with no one in her life. So Season now, seven. So Thank now, so now, right? it, so she gets just enough. You can make eight hundred. Oh, a lot of money. I still know what a dollar is to the rest of the world. That's a lot of money. That's well, not you, a, you know compounding over twenty years. Mm-hmm, that would be mm-hmm. two times. Uh, Tony Robbins' book on finance on, will tell so, you this. Maria, come so, on. Okay, come forget on. it. But no, the by point, the way, the point is that's why. And and that and, and and that's why they do have a strained relationship, but they have a relationship. Eight hundred grand so is a sense. lot of money, but eight hundred grand to Tori Spelling is a drop in the bucket. Okay, but yeah. guess what? I argue it's brought out the best in Tori because she developed her book line, her series. She keeps going. She's got purpose. You know, I mean, yes, she's a hustler. I will give her that. But, she's hustling. And, and when I look at the housewife shows, it's one of my biggest things. Is like they're such an example of when you have no purpose, when all you have is money, you're nuts. You're miserable. You're not. You know what I mean? So I think, I think it it was a smart thing that Dad did. That what I'm hoping is that when Candy goes, then her and the brother will get. I'm hoping. They'll get like you know when they should when they're in their fifties or sixty, but that's what I'm I'm, I'm hoping. That makes and so I much feel sense. and I do feel like the mother, she says I give them just enough like she's always there. Yeah, mm. but not enough to say mm. I can just put my. Like the mother mm. said like she buys everything in sight. She has no you know she just she hoards she does it and I'm not going to finance that. If you're good to mama, <laughs> mama's good, good to you. <laughs> 
Welcome to the will reading. Tori, zero. Like that would be that my mother would do that to me. Oh, oh no. my god. She'd be like, You've been waiting for this, and here you go. Two Sucker. McDonald's gift cards and a Starbucks receipt. <laughs> are you close with your mom? My mom and I are close-ish, but I've been on my, my own since I was 15, so uh, I'm just like... And I'm again... Like, we'll talk about this on Conversations yeah, 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 with yeah. Maria. Better man <laughs> for it. Better man for it. But you know what? You're right. That's what I mean. So, you guys, we all have to go on our journey. And again, so with with BD, those people that I've sat with, and I've sat with even some of the other people in Hollywood that are bitter, I'm like, but look at all the other... The blessed, the many, many blessings. Come on. You know, you're choosing... To be bitter and miserable and blame mommy and that stop it. Yeah. You know, like come on. How crazy though, let's end on this. I, I love by the end, I wrote one note down the sil- similarities between Betty and Joan grow more insane because <laughs> whether it's them being alone, their kids hating them, them being on the outs of, you know, their careers and them needing each other and then, you know, them being manipulated by so many people and it's just so insane how similar they were. So I leave you with that. Guys, it's been real. I can't so wait real. for the next episode. I I'm dying. I, it, this is like, it, I, this is why we love to binge, right? And we can't binge. So this is like, it's a painful six days to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Kevin is a grim reaper today. You were coming for everyone's lives today. <laughs> <laughs> I, you came for everyone's lives today, Kevin. You were like, you know what? Here's the tea. You're done. Guys, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. As always, if you love the after show for Feud, you will love the after show for your other favorite shows. We do, I don't know, about 150 hours of programming here a week. So check out the other after shows. Everything from Bar Rescue, hosted by the great Kevin Undergaro, to, uh, I mean, oh, The, the Housewives, by the great fern um so tune in tell a friend and, and uh, uh, if you're watching us on youtube please uh send us any of your questions or your comments if you're listening on itunes please rate and comment that will help us and uh tweet us at maria menounos there you go at the lady sitter at fern Rone. uh at undergaro and ready now you know what you're doing justin wait i don't know this buzz, buzz you later that <laughs> <laughs>